Look at me. I like it. <laughs> Travis High Tech. You're welcome to provide any sort of Whoops. libations you would like for us to imbibe here at the fireside. Oh. Uh, Are you turning see. on the fire? There we go. It is a bit of a cold day. There we go. I like that. It's getting cozier already. Here, you want some heat? That's <laughs> cold. Got Anthony in a sheepskin jacket over here. Sweet. So we're also live on the, can they see me on that Instagram? Because I can't even, I can't see the camera, so I don't know if they can see me or if that light's too much. Oh yeah. Boom, there we go. Okay, so now I can see the camera. So we're live on Instagram. This is kind of like a first. Oh, okay. Yeah, for the Agent Playbook. And then, awesome. Um, it's been a while since we've been live on Facebook. Yes, nice nice to be live. I like live. Me too. Um, we never know what we're getting. Yeah. How's the day been? Very good. Nice. Yeah, solved a lot of problems, learned a lot about social media accounts. Okay. It's been a good day. So what problem did you solve today? Because I had a big one for an agent that well, I was helping with this morning, and I'm curious. Been a problem for months. Okay. And I couldn't get my... Instagram to post to my Facebook, ah, which just makes sense, right? I mean, I want two for one. Mm -hmm. I want those all to be covered. And at first, I couldn't do it at all. And then all of a sudden, it started working. But I kept checking, and I'm like, it's not going through. And it turns out that it was going to my business page, which I didn't even know I, I never use. Mm -hmm. And uh, so with Matthew and Anthony and myself, we got it all squared away. Sweet. Yeah. I like it. So I'm excited. Nice. So I had agent come to me and say, hey, I'm having trouble with this file. We're supposed to close escrow and we can't get a payoff. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so talking to escrow, escrow is, yeah, we've sent for the payoff twice, trying to work things out with title and we're getting down to the end and it was a reverse mortgage situation. Oh, so wow. a little yeah. bit more difficult. So I'm all like, all right, well, let's get on the horn. And sometimes it just takes being on the phone for a long time. So finally got a hold of somebody and they were lost, got a hold of somebody else and they were lost. Three transfers later and she says, I figured it out. And I said, well, what's the deal? And she says, crazy as this is going to sound, we changed the service provider on this the same week everybody turned stuff in. Oh, wow. We're not servicing this loan anymore. <laughs> so, Thanks for the call to let us know, right? right? <laughs> So basically everything's crossing where we've got escrow sending stuff to the old servicer and they're not forwarding it to the new ones. And then, but you know, long story short, got the new servicer, got in contact with them. She was fantastic, transferred us over, stayed on the line, helped us figure it out, put an escalation in on the payoff and nice. everybody got updated and problem was solved. So, but sometimes Old school works. Just got to get on the phone. Absolutely, <laughs> so, absolutely. And, and hang out. But um, that was the start of, the, of today's morning. But today's Q and A. Yes. So everybody online, for those that are following, first of all, thank you. If you want to do us a huge favor, share this someplace. Share this on your Instagram if you're on Instagram. If you're on um, Facebook and watching us on Facebook share it to another channel and do something like that would greatly greatly appreciate that and that would be very helpful matthew behind the scenes there i'm going to ask you to go to the other side because um if a question comes through on the instagram we won't know what it is so if you can keep an eye on that that camera over there i would greatly appreciate that 
Okay, Anthony behind the scenes and Facebook. If any questions come through, just let us know what the questions are and we'll go from there. But I'm gonna start with my first question. Do it. What are you doing next week? R4, baby. All right. Remax Convention, Las Vegas. Why? Why? Because I always come back with something fantastic. As a matter of fact, it's too much, but my rule is one or two ideas, and that's it until they're implemented. Then I can go look at what else I have. Okay. Uh, opportunity to just thrive in the network and see the international players we have there. They're so happy to be part of our organization right. and mingle with them, mingle with other brokers around the nation. I mean, referral is just bigger than it's ever been. It's always been a huge part of the Remax network. Yes. You know, uh, a number of years ago, most brands wanted to hoard all that in-house. And it was a big hassle, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and agents felt they weren't benefiting from it very much. And Remax from the get-go was agent-to-agent -agent referrals right. and set up the systems and the tools to be able to do that. And now with the global world we're in, it's just become more and more important every day. So to make those connections, yeah, and just uh, take a little bit of time also. As busy as you are there, it is about taking a little time outside of real estate. Absolutely. So some time off, re, you know, re-energize the batteries, maybe a little gambling, yep, good food. Um, you know, and you mentioned, I, I agree, a lot of training comes out of there probably more, more than we can implement and great advice to take one or two things, implement those, don't, don't become over, overburdened with everything that you're, you're bringing in. But I, I can't emphasize enough the relationship building and the referral network. You know, um, last year didn't go to R4 because of uh, COVID and it, uh, things. I like was there. That. You yeah, were there. It was definitely different, but just it was downsized. Mm -hmm. But people were excited to be there. It was a good event. Absolutely. But my point to, to piggyback on what you said was the year before in Vegas, networking, Annette, if you happen to be out there, I doubt that you're <laughs> out there right now, but Annette from uh, Remax over in Arizona. Yes. Ended up having lunch with her. Met her, had lunch with her. We ended up having a great conversation and became friends over social media. Three transactions referral back and forth in the next 12 months yep. from that one connection. That's how it works. So was it worth the price of the convention? I'm going to go with a big yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it paid dividends. The ROI was on the plus side. But... Um, I can give example after example of just that networking and creating. Yeah, you know. and it's not even new. Well, it's sort of new ideas, but it's not like someone's presenting something to you. Hey, have you tried this or done this? Right. But you go into those sessions or you go into the main events each day and you sit down. We're all salespeople, so we're generally talking to one another. Mm -hmm. And it's even just, you know, hey, you know, this happened to me. Has this ever happened to you? Oh, yeah, yeah, here's what I did. And then, I mean, you got a little mastermind going on there with agents from totally different markets and areas in the nation or the world with different perspectives. I mean, it's really powerful. Absolutely. I'm hoping there's some questions coming through. Otherwise, I'm going to have to think of my own right off the top of my head. Are you drinking Cognac at the fireside chat? <laughs> <laughs> is that what you're <laughs> sipping on there, <laughs> Nestor? <laughs> Tony, no. Uh, this is coffee. This is straight up coffee. Um, that I am drinking, and it is my third cup today, so oh, I am, wow. I know, 
Um, I started early this morning, had a cup at home, and then Michelle sent me to the office with a second cup, and I refilled it when I got here. It's okay. Yeah, partly because I was on the phone with <laughs> hand, handling that situation with the agent this morning with the uh, with the reverse mortgage situation. But um, yeah, what's the next question? Not a question, but they said it would be so boss if you were both smoking cigars. <laughs> uh, I will be smoking cigars in Vegas. All of a sudden, I've gotten into cigars. Okay, like, I was not a cigar guy, and I don't even remember how it happened. But someone offered me a cigar, and I was smoking, and I'm like. I kind of enjoy this. Well, I will be having a cigar, maybe right. two in Vegas. Um, I used to smoke cigars for, for, that was like a regular thing. I had a locker. I used to. Oh, wow. Yeah, I used to go to a You're lounge. big into it. It was when I was at the office in Aliso Viejo, there was a lounge in that. Um, so used to go there after work and used to buy cigars like I buy wine. Yeah. yeah. You can definitely spend a mint on those You things. can. Um, but yeah, that habit ended when I went for my life insurance. Uh, you know, the, the first question they asked. And I was all like, well, this changes things dramatically. So I quit. But one every now and then doesn't hurt. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Michelle asks, what system should I have in place with the current environment for buyers and sellers? Okay, it's a great question. System in place. So, let's see, I'm interpreting the question as today's market with just low inventory, things like that, as competitive as it is. Um, and, you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I'll, I'll, I'm thinking of answering the question from what should I be doing to pivot in this current market yes. with what's going on. Okay. That's how I'm looking at it. Want to start with buyers or sellers? Uh, well, buyers is what came to mind for me first. Okay. And I think the most important system that you have is that consultation. And make sure that you're doing it and will know what you want to accomplish through that. Because I just think that people don't understand. They don't, they've heard about the market. They may think one thing or another. A lot of times it's incorrect. And you want to set that stage. Because in a market like this, it's so easy to lose a buyer, which I know a lot of people are like, I don't even want to work with a buyer in this market, mm -hmm. which I understand, but it's part of the business. But setting the stage and oh, making, sure, <laughs> making sure that they know what is to come, mm -hmm. because it's so easy when working with a buyer and them being like, I didn't understand this. I, I, you didn't inform me. And then all of a sudden they're upset. So the only thing worst worse than working with a buyer in the type of environment we're in right now, is working with a buyer in the type of environment we're in now right. for a month or two, and then having them getting frustrated because they weren't properly consulted to begin with, they blame it on you, and they leave and go work with someone else. And then it all comes together. Yep, exactly. And, and then it, you watch them close escrow yep. two weeks later. And the yeah. and, and this, this shameful part about that as well is the buyer thinks that making that change really had something exactly. to do with it. Exactly. And, and sometimes it does, but a lot of times it doesn't. Rarely. It's just right right place, right time. And, and you know, funny, I was looking at Instagram this morning when I was coming in and one of the agents was online or one of the brokers was online and he was talking about he had an abundance of buyer leads right now and he was looking for help that he's getting 30, I think he said 30 to 35 calls a day with buyer leads. and. You know, there was a little skepticism that I had, but um, I think he's he might be part of a Zillow program or something of that nature. But the first thing that popped in my head is 
what the heck am I going to do with 35 buyer lead yeah. today? Uh, <laughs> so, You're going to really yeah. qualify them and just pick right. the best one or two and hope that it turns into something. And valid point, one to two. And, you know, so, yeah, he is correct. He does need some help if he's really truly getting that many leads that are coming in um, because you can't handle, right now, you can't handle more than a couple of buyers at a time. Even when the market was more settled, three, four buyers at one time is probably overwhelming. But right now, if you've got more than one or two serious buyers or you're trying to service more than one or two serious buyers. Burnout. Yeah, you're, you're working 24-7. Um, even with the lack of inventory, mm -hmm. you're still you're still going. Yeah. But answer your point, or to piggyback on your point, yes, buyer consultation. I think that's one of the most important things in making sure you're having that message up front or that conversation up front to talk about, hey, these are some of the expectations. Sellers, okay, finally get a listing in this market. Now what? Leverage, baby. <laughs> a little yeah. bit of leverage, absolutely. Everyone's okay. crying, they have nothing to market about. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are all realities. So when you have that listing, man, you gotta take advantage of it. And you gotta make sure that you are not only looking out for the seller mm -hmm. in how you handle it, but you're also marketing the heck out of that and getting the advantage of it, right? I think we have a question from the audience. Question. Yes. Right. Well, I have this situation. I have this landlord who's to lease the property. Okay. And normally on my listing agreement, at the beginning, it says if the, the tenant pursues to purchase the property, mm -hmm. the only max for the tenant. That's why I put it there, 4%. Okay. Now, I'm selling the seller says, go ahead. The owner says, go ahead. The tenant said, I want to buy it. Okay. So we're getting in there. Okay. Now, I'm putting the purchase agreement together. Another agent shows up while I'm working with the people. I'll buy commission. <laughs> they were By the working way. with the tenants to look at properties? Yeah, properties as well. Well, this, we, is, this is a non-MLS thing. <laughs> we should disclose to you that we're actually live on the air right now, so your question is live on the air. So, okay. It's all good. Great question. That's why we're here. So, so, so I don't know if everybody heard that, but the esteemed Mike Jaffercani is here with us, and he has a landlord that has a tenant, and when he put the deal together, he wrote in the paragraph that if the landlord were to sell to the tenant, that he would be the agent for that transaction and he had a commission written in there, let's say 4% or whatever it was, um, which is not, you didn't hand write that in there, that's actually a function of the lease agreement. Correct. So uh, when he went to put the deal together, an agent materialized out of nowhere and said, hey, I've been working with these people, I'm due that commission for that transaction you're putting together. To represent the buyer. And your question is? My question is, we're not paying commission to the The, I, I guess my short answer is, you're more than welcome to represent him, but if he wants to pay you for, for your services, he's welcome to, but I'm not offering compensation. That's exactly what I told him. I said, well, this is, doesn't work this way. I said, well, I'm doing this for 30 years. It does work. It does, <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, that's the, it, an offer of compensation, because first of all, the property is not in the MLS, so um, there is no offer of compensation that's going through there. This is an agreement of what your agreement with the seller was. He is more than welcome to represent the buyer, and this, this leads me to another point. 
he actually has an obligation if he's claiming he's working with them to continue that relationship and work with them regardless of the compensation. Because if he backs out of this transaction now because he's not getting quote unquote compensated, he's actually probably violating our, our current rules and regulations. So kind of an interesting situation. Quick question, was the tenant aware that he approached you? No. Okay, so a little bit different. He may, bit, they may not yeah. even know. It's possible, but yeah. yeah. So, you know, a couple scenarios. Well, actually, well, I take that back. The tenant has told him okay. I'm buying this house. Oh, gotcha. So that's what So he's even stepping in after so, the fact. Because everything was agreed today, mm -hmm. and I'm trying to, I asked the buyer to, or the tenant, give me the pre-call letter, proof of funds, I can okay. put the deal together, then all of a sudden from the blue, this guy shows up and says, okay, I've been working with them for this blah, blah, blah. So okay. It was great. Nice. <laughs> if I wants to pay you, that'd be crazy. Well, it doesn't work that way. Okay. Yes, it does work. Okay. Well, <laughs> and, and it <laughs> it does, and I'm hoping everybody's picking up um, Mike's conversation on on the microphones because um, it is going back and forth. And and here's the other thing you just layered on top of that that came to the top of my head is you also layered procuring cause on top of that. You know, because you were in communications with the with the tenant first, and it sounds like everything is coming together based on what you did and what the landlord did. And this agent actually had nothing to do with that. So, you know, it's an unfortunate situation. But yeah, no, I don't I don't see compensation out. But I will caveat that with this is not legal advice and I'm not an attorney <laughs> and I can't give legal advice. So but I, I don't see it. I don't I don't see a problem with it. I would move forward with the transaction and continue it and you know, if, if he wants to have a conversation about, about compensation, it still shouldn't stop the transaction from moving forward. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Thank you guys. Thanks You're welcome. Input. Thank you. You know, on this subject. I'm uh, loving this. Yeah. So <laughs> this actually comes up a little bit. And I think it's one of the uh, confusing things is when people do, uh, like we used to do, exclusives right mm -hmm. I don't even know if those really I guess a, a coming soon is a sort of an exclusive now and uh, we had some issues there where people would uh, get confused uh, the need to be represented by that agent mm -hmm. or you're happy you're welcome to be represented by someone else that but there's just no compensation Station. in it for them that would have to come through you correct and that's an important distinction because like you said, that agent maybe could have gotten in trouble if they ended their relationship with the tenant, uh, AKA purchaser, because there was no compensation in it and abandoned them. Right. You know, that's gotta be against the code of ethics. It is. Well, similarly, you know, if someone goes in there and thinks they're gonna get some sort of compensation is helping them, finds out that there isn't any, mm -hmm. um, that could be a problem as well. Absolutely. I get that right? You yeah, did. So some listing agents, they, they don't distinguish between, hey, you have to work with me mm -hmm. versus, well, no, you don't have to work with me, but if you get another agent under the circumstances of what used to be an exclusive, then right. you've got to seek your own compensation from your agent. Exactly. But yeah, the real question is, is not whether or not that agent's entitled to compensation. You know, they're doing the job. So sure, they, they're, you can justify they're entitled to compensation. The real question is, is who they're entitled to compensation from. Yes. So, there you go. Okay. Yeah.
All right, so back to Michelle's question. Oh, and just one second, uh, Matthew. Um, is it worth uh, interjecting? Uh, we have a question. Okay. Do we want to finish up on the yeah, sellers real quick? Yeah, let's finish up on the seller so question. So buyers, we were talking about consultations was probably the most important thing. Um, and then we switched over to sellers. And we started with leveraging. We started with leveraging on that. So, yeah, I mean, it's hard to get in front of these people, but mm -hmm. I don't remember who or what the statistics were, but it's always been battered around, battered around in uh, real estate that, hey, if one person lists their house, then there's a higher probability of someone in the, in the general vicinity Absolutely. that's going to do the same within X period of time. And that's why you want to hit all those people. And a lot of people are like, well, I'm wasting my money putting all that out. It doesn't happen every time. Nope. If it happened every time, we wouldn't be salespeople, we'd be order takers. Right. So you're out there seeking it. But you take that leverage because it's going to happen and you're going to stir the pot. You're going to get leads. Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to get a listing. I had a, good, a great analogy for that. I'm going to see if I can well, think of it here real quick. I, while you're thinking of that, what, you know, you brought up a valid point. I'm wasting money. And I, I think just the opposite. I feel like people are wasting money by spending money on those photographers, those videos getting done, having a drone thing done, and then never putting any energy behind that to actually send that marketing exactly. stuff out. So that Got to set it up right. Exactly. And maintain it because that sales pitch material mm -hmm. for future listings. Right. So my analogy was something like this. Say uh, you got a bunch of friends and one of your friends says, hey man, did you see that great new car? Uh, yeah, I just got one, man. No way, how'd you do that? I just went down there and everything worked out, it was great. Everybody breaks up. Two or three people in that group are gonna be like, how did Nestor do that? Right. I wanted to get that car. How did he make that happen? And then they start checking it out. The yep. next thing you know, they buy one of those cars. Mm -hmm. Exact same thing with listing a house. Hey. Wow, the Johnsons are selling their house and moving to Nevada? We, we've talked about that. Yep. How, and maybe they'll even go over there. Hey, what is it? What are you guys doing? Here were our struggles. No, man, just here's what we did. Boom. Now you got another seller down the street. But they wouldn't have done it unless they were motivated and incentivized by seeing someone else right. make that leap. And now, here's, here's truth to the analogy. They're selling it for how much? Yeah. <laughs> so, that's, they, yeah. That's probably reality. Yeah, they got how much for this? And a lot of people who aren't really necessarily paying attention don't realize where the market is, and that's that's yeah. that opportunity. But I, you know, I look at it as this: you've got to have that system in place to have a least a two-week leeway of being able to do something with that listing. Because we both know the second it goes on the market. It's over. Yeah, you, you, you're going to have your multiple offers the first open house, the first hour that you're there. The, the buyer is more than likely going to be coming through. But you've got to make sure that you've got the leverage to be able to put it together to do things. Example, hey, if this property is vacant, you agent, you know, the same way that you can come into an office and work from the office, work from the property for a couple of days. Be there all day. Get an opportunity to, you know, a simple open house sign out in front or a welcome sign, come on in, and they know that the house is for sale and you're, you're let the neighbors know, hey, I'm going to be at the property from this day to this day, from this time to this time, if you want to come by and have an opportunity to just talk to the neighbors. Will something come of it? Maybe. Maybe not. But is there a possibility for a neighbor to walk in and ask questions and see what's going on and for you to develop a relationship and learn more? Absolutely. Is that possibility more probable than if you're at home or you're here in the office? Absolutely. You know, so I think making sure your systems are in place there. Open houses, biggest 
thing I'm seeing right now with the open houses is the number of people coming through, the agents not being prepared to handle the amount of volume coming yep, through. I've seen that many times. Don't be afraid to call in for help. Hey, I've got an open house. Agent so-and-so, will you come host the open house with me and let's work something out ahead of time? And thinking that, well, if I do that, I've got to give away some of my business or give away the probability of a double end or something like that. Not necessarily. You'd be amazed by just getting that help and having somebody else being able to have conversations along with you, having conversations, how much more data you may be able to collect and things of that nature. So, yep. Yeah, that's, that's probably the two things I would say you need to pivot on when you're dealing with your property right now is making sure you have that ramp so that you can actually spend the money and get the leverage out there to market that property so people know who you are for future business. Once that listing hits the market, mm -hmm. all your thoughts of marketing and plans are, are gone Yep. because you're going to be running around like a chicken with your head cut off with 15 offers, trying to figure out how to respond to these people, get it together, manage the seller, manage the buyers coming in. Yep. So you got to do that marketing ahead of time. Exactly. Otherwise you're going to lose it. Now back to the buyers is kind of similar. If you've got buyers and, and they know where they want to live, boy, get out on the streets, start knocking on those doors, mm -hmm. put out flyers, talk to the neighbors, you know, say, hey, here's what's going on. We're looking for an opportunity. I got a buyer in this neighborhood and maybe you'll pick up a listing. Maybe you'll pick up a lease listing. Maybe you'll pick up another buyer lead. Absolutely. Hopefully you'll find a listing for your buyers. I know of a transaction that was put together that that's in escrow right now that this is what, two weeks old? I think the property's been in escrow two weeks now. The agent did that very thing. Yeah. Couldn't find a property, went out there and door knocked it, found the seller, found the buyer. Guess what? They're working with the best agent in the world yeah. themselves. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no conflict there <laughs> with regard to, you know, people arguing back and forth and things like that. So I agree. Go out there and find them. Next question? Yeah, Matthew, what do Matthew, we got? Matthew, what do you got over there? We've got a question from Nate. Uh, he's asking, what's your best tip for someone planning to buy their first home in 12 months? Great question. Best tip for someone who's planning to buy their house in 12 months? Mm -hmm. in the next, I mean, that's a long period of time. Okay. So 12 months is a lot. I guess I'd start with 12 months. Well, first of all, fly by quicker than you think. But second, the market is going to be different than what the market is now. So part of your preparation, if you're looking at today's market and what we've currently got, part of your preparation is going to change 12 months from now. I guess I would start with why not now and figuring out. Or in, in a little less uh, confrontational is why 12 months? Mm -hmm. And let's, let's approach that. Right. Uh, objection. Is it three months it's, or is it six months? Or yeah, it, and see yeah. if it's sound. Right. You know, is there some reason that it has to be 12 months? Mm -hmm. Well, blah, 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 this, that, and the other. I really right. can't free up till then. Okay, that makes sense. Correct. <laughs> at, least, at least we have a starting point. Right. And then we know where we can go from there. But someone may be thinking 12 months and it's based on false premises mm -hmm. about things in the market or what they need to be able to be a buyer now. Right. And if it is 12 months, you know, I guess I'm looking at it as, okay, great point. Why? Well, maybe I've got some credit issues that I need to clean up and I talk to a credit repairer and it's going to take me three to six months to get this fixed. Okay. Or I need to, probably the one that we hear the most often is down payment. Mm -hmm. I need more money. So in that case, if it's I need more money, I'm really figuring out right now, I remember my first purchase, 
Number one, fast food is off the table, period. <laughs> you do not buy anything from any Starbucks. fast food. No Starbucks, no McDonald's, no eating out. That will change your monthly budget. Just, just cutting those things out will change your monthly budget by you would be surprised how much. Um, so that would be my first thing is looking at that. Where, where can I cut back so I can escalate how quickly I can save that down payment and maybe make that happen a little bit faster. And then I would check with a lender now to see where I stand. No question about it. Yeah, where do I stand you right now? You pre on the spot. Because again, you want a starting point. Right. What, what are our challenges here? Exactly, I qualify for this amount. Well, that won't buy me something right, right. now, but at least I know where my starting point well, is. Well, you know, I only have $150,000, so I need some, what? <laughs> What are, you, what are you talking about? Well, I need 25% down to buy a property. No. 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 Yeah. What, what kind of cash flow do you have from your job? Well, you know, I make $150,000 a year. Okay, we need to do some math. Right. Because And you need to be educated on what kind of down payment you need mm -hmm. and what it means higher or lower. You know, let's go, right. through, the, let's go through this exercise. Okay. Sweet. Great question. Thank you. Yeah, that one, uh, that's a good one. Yeah. And by the way, that obviously is a question from a consumer, <laughs> not an agent. So if there's somebody else online, they might want to kind of trace that back to see who that was, because that might be a possible person that needs yeah. some help with a real estate transaction in the future. Uh, yeah, I was so. going to also say, uh, are you the favorite nephew of one of your uncles or aunts? What do they do for a living? Exactly. You think maybe they could front you a little bit of that mm -hmm. money and you guys work out a plan? Uh, it, if that's in your best interest, right? You know, exactly. you don't need to sit around and wait. You know, whether you know somebody can help you get started and things like that. Because one of the beautiful things about real estate is it does grow equity-wise. So, you know, somebody helping you theoretically could be helping them as well. Yes. So, all right. Okay. So, what advice can you give a new agent who doesn't know where to start or what to do? What advice can I give a new agent where to start and what to do? I'll stay out of snarky world today. I'll let you start. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to remember this at all. Uh, but it's something to the effect of I, I'd rather not be prepared and have an opportunity mm -hmm. than be prepared and not have the opportunity. Okay? I'd rather not be prepared and have the opportunity, i.e., chance to work with a buyer or a listing mm -hmm. presentation, than to be prepared and not have any opportunities. So. See the that. point of that is every day don't you're not going to learn yourself into this business we definitely need to learn some things we right. need to know how the mls functions we need to keep an eye on the inventory we need to know how to work with the contracts uh, we need to be brushing up on our sales skills and deciding on how we're marketing and changing that over time based on re, you know rois and whatever mm -hmm. however you're going to measure it but the most important thing as a new agent is stirring that pot it's taking action and it, this market, there's nothing easy in this market today we're talking about, except for having a listing. Correct. And that's not easy, but it's, it's easy to it, sell. It's, it's easy, easy to, to sell, get. but managing it and getting mm -hmm. the right offer, the right buyer, and the right price for your seller takes some skill. But you need to be out there. And you know, open houses were, have always been and will continue to be a great source of business. Not an opportunity right now. I mean, you can try, mm -hmm. and you, probably, you could get one, but it's going to take a lot of work. Right. There are markets where man, people are dying to have people hold their open houses. Mm -hmm. That isn't the market right now. But let's take all these things, you know? Uh, take a listing of someone else's and market it the way it should be marketed. Yep. Don't say it's your own, just 
act like a listing agent would act and say, did you know about this listing? There's a listing up the street. Keep my and uh, any possessive <laughs> pronouns right, right. out of the conversation. Yep. You go out there and market it and knock on the doors. Uh, put out the mailers if you want. I mean, there's no way around it, people. You, you've got to get belly time. And you got to figure out a way to do that. Nice answer. So my, my way of answering that question is 100%. So often I hear, I'm not going to get started because I don't know how to do this yet. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to fill out a contract. I don't know how to, okay. Number one in this business, learn how to prospect, learn how to convert. Period. So center of influence, and Travis mentioned the word ROI earlier. I changed the word ROI to return on investment, and I changed that to real estate, what, SOI, or center of influence, instead of center of influence, real estate agents of influence. Oh. Networking and figuring out what real estate agents out there that you can start to develop those relationships with and get deep with them with regard to, hey, let me be at the open houses with you. Let me learn from you. Hey, you know, I saw that you just moved to Arizona. You used to live in California, and I want to develop a referral network with you. These are places people aren't going and people aren't showing up, but your center of influence, crazy. You got to be there, but you also have to be in who are your real estate agents that are in your center of influence as well. It starts I, right here in the office. If you're, a new, if you're a new agent, yep. go talk to everyone Yep. for a couple reasons. One is pick up the scraps, right? There's gonna be business that other people don't want. Correct. And they're never gonna tell you about it unless you're out there mingling and mm -hmm. asking on a regular basis. And then secondly, is just the opportunity to learn from people who have more experience. Right. I think that's the number one thing I hear from people who really ramp up their businesses quickly what did you do? Well, you know, I knew these agents. I knew they were successful. I offered mm -hmm. to take them to coffee or lunch, and I got 30 minutes of FaceTime with them. Exactly. That, it, that is such an important aspect of growing your business. Great question. Tony said, closed mouths do not get fed. Talk to people and then <laughs> <laughs> Good point, Tony. This is true. <laughs> and um, a question is, um, do you think cryptocurrency or NFT will become part of real estate? Yes. <laughs> but I should probably, or we should probably answer what cryptocurrency All right, NFTs so, are. <laughs> so cryptocurrency, everyone knows that Bitcoin, uh, Ethereum, Ethereum uh, yeah. all these digital currencies, NFTs. I, I don't even know what that stands for. <laughs> non-fungible tokens. Yeah, non-fundable tokens. Um, that that could be art. That could be anything, right? Correct. Because let's just stay away from that, because that's <laughs> not really relevant to us. Well, but believe it or not, a sale has taken place on an NFT. You mean someone's purchased one? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. But you mean a, like a house or something? Yeah. Oh, okay. The Maybe first, a... the first real estate transaction actually has occurred in a, it was in TechCrunch. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't remember what what uh, episode ago it was or whatever it was, but it actually it happened. So. Well, I'm I'm very interested in Bitcoin mm -hmm. and cryptocurrency and watching it. I don't own any, I've never owned any, I don't even know how to own it, but I watch it very closely because it's very intriguing to me. I think the theory could potentially have a future. Mm -hmm. Right now, in my own estimation, it is way too volatile and 
it just it can't work right now. I'd, I'd be very careful with it. Mm -hmm. In my mind, it's beyond it's gambling in, in kind of a crazy way. Um, one of the things that really discouraged me is I was listening to a, a very popular podcaster, and they had a crypto person on there mm -hmm. to talk about the pros of cryptocurrency. And a big part of his pitch was, no, it's great. You know, and he would talk about millennials and how much they own and they're bigger owners and they understand it better and that's where the future of it is. And he goes, yeah, man, he goes, we're expecting crypto, Bitcoin, to hit a million dollars by a, uh, per coin at a certain point. Oh, and I turned it off. <laughs> I'm like, you don't, I don't think you understand. That's not good for Bitcoin. Right. Because that's just speculating then. Right. That, we're gonna have to wait till it, in my mind, again, so it all settles and becomes something that can actually be transacted, right. which you just can't do right now. It's, mm -hmm. it's nearly impossible. There are some nefarious things and people use it out of the ordinary every day, but for everyday people, it's not, it's not realistic. Now, one of our agents asked us this, can we close a deal with crypto? So I looked into this. Here's what I found out. The biggest issue right now is insurance title insurance. Mm -hmm. So I investigated through title insurance. They will not insure, will not close a house on crypto. So you have um, to transfer the money out into dollars. Just like a stock. Yeah. So sure, if you have crypto and then you cash it out and use that cash to purchase, mm -hmm. you can do that. But there's no way to do it directly with crypto. Um, and I said, okay, it was a particular title company. Right. I said, is that you guys or is that the industry? Said that They said, no, the that industry. is the industry. The people who regulate us mm -hmm. say no. So right now it's a big no, uh, but I'm hopeful. I think it, the theory of it is incredibly intriguing. Well, I find it interesting that you brought the title company in because you layer one more thing on there with blockchain. And once we start reporting properties through blockchain, does title exist? And they better be still, looking into that. Right? They want to become necessary? the blockchain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so oh, that's an interesting thought. <laughs> but I and NFTs. A real quick explanation: of NFTs. It's basically a digital um, thing. But how it relates to real estate, and the only way I can really say it relating to real estate is uh, give me a better example would be this live. Travis just became famous because we have one million followers and he decides he wants to sell his home, but you sell it through an NFT and part of that process is now because there's, there's value behind not just the property but who owned it before that now Travis is entitled to every time that home transfers in the future is getting some of that profit as well. That's where the NFT world might fall into, in my opinion, might fall into the real estate world, where you're selling off this asset, and instead of selling me the asset at current market value or whatever, you sell it to me at this, but hey, I get future, a portion of the future growth of that as well. I don't like that at all. And I think you can do, <laughs> I, you can do that now as you well. But, but I think you're right. I, you brought up an amazing point about blockchain, which, We'll give you a real quick, I don't, I don't understand it thoroughly, but for everyone out there, if you're wondering what that is, it's basically a chain of title. Correct. It's a digital chain of title, open source. That means anybody can look at it and it shows who owns what and it can't be tampered with, theoretically. So, but you bring up a good point. Boy, title camp companies better be on this. Right. Because they're going to need to be, what is that? I just lost that word. 
uh, blockchain. They're going to need blockchain everything because, mm -hmm. like you mentioned, uh, that you could absolutely be the future. Matter of fact, you're, you really convinced me right now just mentioning it, how powerful that's going to be. Yep. And if they don't get into that, they're going to be Kodak, you know? Correct. Mm. Or Blockbuster. <laughs> yeah, or Blockbuster. Uh, oh, wow. Good question. Yeah. yeah I awesome. mean, the, the answer right now is no, you can't do it. But it can't be too down, far down the future. One of the things that person brought up that I was listening to, they said, well, I think one of the problems is, is you say, okay, I want to buy this with Bitcoin. All right, this car is going to be $35,000. Mm -hmm. And okay, well, Bitcoin's $35,000. Well, you hand it to them. By the time they go and they're able to offload that, mm -hmm. it could be $30,000. Right. Or it could be $40,000. And that's a big problem. People don't want to do that. Correct. It's, it's, too, like, it's just, just too volatile. sell it and give me what right. I want in a currency that is not that volatile. Correct. But there may be people out there who love Bitcoin and they'll figure out a way to do it. Well, but then again, you shrink the market down to a very small market. I think that you do, but here's, here's the caveat to the question. And I think the caveat to the question is, 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 is this really the future? And I, I believe that it's the future because, you know, I'm labeling at the moment, but our millennials under, have a better understanding of this than we do. Do they? <laughs> well, they have a better understanding of it than I do. Or at least they want to be there. Yeah. And that's something that's fascinating yeah. to them. So because it's fascinating to them, they want to function in that world and, and function there with, with the cryptocurrency and things of that nature and, and have that as part of their life, which basically means we have to evolve in order to adjust to that. I, you know, I look at it almost like the Facebook and... TikTok and Instagram and all the social media platforms that started with the younger generations. We didn't change it as the older generations. Great, we, great analogy. We adapted to be, be on it, to be, to be in that space. You saw me this morning. I got a problem with Instagram. <laughs> Matthew, Anthony, help me. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, this has been awesome. I don't, I mean, we, it sounds like we can go on forever. It's been a while since we've been on live, but. Any other questions? Not a question, but. All right, for those of you who might not have heard that, uh, what was the teacher's name? Tony. Tony Gordano. Gordano. Yeah, okay. is going to be teaching about crypto and real estate at the R4 convention. So, I'm going to look for that, and I may very well go to that. Likewise. Because it's just intriguing to me. Right. I don't want to get involved. I don't want any Bitcoin. <laughs> but, and, and Travis just brought up another good point. Even if you don't want to be involved in it, it is still something you should probably start to learn yeah. about because the conversation is going to start to come up more and more. Absolutely. So, yeah, we mentioned NFTs a year ago and everybody was, eh. you know, Bitcoin, actually blockchain. I remember my first meeting with blockchain was probably about four years ago now. Yeah, easy. Yeah. yeah, but it's been around, what, like 12 years? 13? I forget when they, yeah, about, I think 2008 is in yeah. my mind for some reason okay. for Bitcoin. Yeah, so... It's it's new, but it has been around for a little bit now. It's just it's starting to catch on. But all right, any other questions out there? Awesome, appreciate it. Thank you guys for participating today. Um, we're gonna do this again. Absolutely. I'm not sure when. But well, maybe we can do it live when we get back from R4 and share okay. some of our impressions. Well, you have bagels and brew coming up. 
That's right. uh, in March sometime. I don't know when it okay. is, but so uh, maybe we'll make that live. But we'll probably we'll jump on here again prior to that. And as always, if you missed this or you had something afterward, just drop it in the chat. Well, one of us will jump on, or both of us will jump on, and happy to to answer any other questions. But yeah. thank you. All right. Yeah. Good conversation. Thanks, guys. Have Take a great care. week.